Amen. I began to look at this story of Ruth and, and I started to see uh, similarities to, to sometimes in our lives when we stray. And tonight we're going to look at two towns. We're going to look at Moab and Bethlehem. Uh, and I want to, just before we start, I want to share with you what these two towns represent. Moab was this place of ungodliness, this place apart from God's will. And so when we think of Moab, we must think of outside of the will of God. And then there was this place called Bethlehem. This place called Bethlehem where, where Elimelech and his family, they resided. And this is the place God wanted them. And in spite of all their struggles, in spite of all that they went through, this is where God wanted them. And in our lives, I think we can apply this, Bethlehem to us would represent the place in life where God wants us. And so we're going to look at those two contradictions tonight, and we're going to see why there is no bread in Moab. If you look at verse 20, when Naomi was coming back to Bethlehem, Someone called her by her name, Naomi, and this is her response. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. Let me tell you, Moab is a bitter place. Moab is, there's no bread there, but it is a bitter, bitter place. Ruth had left the Lord where the Lord wanted her. I'm sorry, Naomi. Elimelech, they had left where the Lord wanted them and their family. And on the return trip back to Bethlehem, she began to see shame and regret that overshadowed her. And she said, the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. Number one, I want to just go through those two things I mentioned. Shame. You remember the feeling that you used to get whenever you go out and you did something that your parents told you not to do and then you had to go in and face your parents because you did it? That's the shame Naomi felt. The Lord told her not to go out to Moab. The Lord had told His people to dwell within this land that He had for them and they did it anyway and now she's going back to the country. She's going back to the country the Lord wanted her in the first place. She's fixing to have to face the Lord and the Lord's people. And she does that and she says, Call me Mara. Call me Mara. The shame that overshadowed her. She gave herself this name, Mara. <laughs> and she knew that she wasn't the same lady that left Bethlehem in the first place. Then I said the word regret a while ago. I don't think there was a day that went by after her sons died that Naomi didn't regret going to Moab. Her and her husband's decision had literally destroyed their own families. Regret, I'm positive, overshadowed Naomi. As we exit the will of God, this is exactly what we have to expect. As we go away, as we stray from the Lord, what else would we expect but bitterness, shame, and regret? When we are not where God wants us in life, if we are not seeking the things of the Lord, shame and regret are a familiar face to our life. Remember the prodigal son? Eating with the swine? 
he looked at the shame. He thought, my father's house, even the servants have it better. Do not live in Moab. It's a bitter place. I think of Adam as he partook of eating that apple, or I'm sorry, that fruit. Here I am being unscriptural. But when he ate that fruit and, and, and then the Lord came into the garden, what did Adam say? We hid because we were ashamed. We were ashamed. That regret and the sin, uh, sin causes us to regret and have shame over our life. To be out of God's will is exactly where Ruth was, exactly where Adam was, exactly where the prodigal son was. And Moab is that representation for us. When we are living outside of God's will, we won't find bread because there is no bread in Moab. Moab also leads to hopelessness. If you will, look at verse 3 of our text, Ruth chapter 1, verse 3. It says, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of women of Moab, and the name of the one Orpha, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilean died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. I look at that and I think, wow, this woman didn't have much hope. But then you can turn over to verse 12 and verse 13. Listen to what Naomi says. Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. She says, if I should say I have hope. If you look at that, it means she didn't have hope. She didn't have any hope here. She, she was hopeless. She went to this place outside of the will of God and come back a hopeless woman. She had went to Moab in search of hope. I thought that was pretty ironic. Remember, there was a famine in the land of Bethlehem. And they looked over and they saw this place called Moab. They saw the things that were going on. They thought, man, that looks glorious. Let's go there. Let's do that. Let's be a part of what's going on over there because it appeals to us. But guess what? That was false hope. When they got there, they realized there was no hope there at all. It became a very hopeless place. There's a good many people in our world today that are doing the same thing. They are going after the things of this world in search of hope. And they're coming back empty-handed. The bottle has a bottom. The prescription only lasts for a period. And riches will go away. The world and the things of it have an end. And anything that has an end, there is no hope in Hope comes from Jesus alone. When people brag of worldly things and the things that they have, I wish they knew there's no bread in Moab. I wish they realized that there's no substance there. 
It'll last for a season. Sure, you may enjoy yourself for a moment, but guess what? We reap what we sow. And it's coming back around and it's going to come and we're going to regret going to Moab. We're going to regret living outside of the will of God. When James makes it pretty clear to us, and I look at the story of Ruth and I, I, I'm reminded of James 1 and verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I imagine Naomi and her husband looking at their heartache in Bethlehem with the famine going on. And they would dream and they would think of the fine dining over in Moab and all the things that seemed to be so good in this other land. But they forgot this other land is not where God wants us. They made a decision to follow the lust of their heart rather than the God of their world. And that turned out to be a fatal mistake. Just for a moment, I'd like to speak to our teenagers. Just because everyone else is doing it, guys. Just because it looks enjoyable doesn't mean it is. The consequences of our actions will hurt us and others we love. There is no bread in Moab. And it's sometimes we think, well, Trey, there was a famine in the land. Didn't that excuse their actions? Does anybody know what Bethlehem means? House of bread. It means house of bread. It, it, it means that in that place, bread would be there. And listen, as, as, big as, our, as big as our problem seems, guess what? God's in control. And as big as our hurt is, as big as our pain is, God knows what we're going through. He has suffered and, and dealt with. He's tempted in all ways like we are. He felt our infirmities. And guess what? He still did what was right. He is the example we have to fix our eyes on and we have to follow after His example because anywhere outside of the will of God, we will not find the bread. But I want to look at verse 6 of our text. Chapter 1, verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited His people in giving them bread. I love that one little phrase in there, the Lord had visited His people. You see, there's sweet fellowship in Bethlehem. You see, when you go back to where the Lord wants you, if you start following after Him, there's sweet fellowship with Him. You can expect to see God when you're in sweet fellowship with God. You can expect to see Him working in your life. You can expect to see Him in, 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 as a presence in your life when you're following after the will that He has laid before you. There's sweet fellowship in Bethlehem. Aren't you glad that when you're in the midst of hopelessness like Naomi and in despair 
there's a place that we can go to find help. Naomi packed up her bags. Ruth came with her. And they went right back and God had a plan laid out. A beautiful plan. If you don't know, that plan led to the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because they went back and they sought the Lord. They went back. They left that place of Moab. They left that place that had destroyed their life. It had dealt bitterly with them. It had left them hopelessness. And they went to the feet of the Lord. Naomi had no other great ideas to fix her problem than to go to where the Lord had visited. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I believe that Naomi needed some rest. She was weary and troubled. She needed to come and to find the rest in the presence of God Almighty. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to find rest for my soul. I want to take His yoke on me and let Him lead me. But Moab's not the place to do it. Running away from the Lord and, and running away from His will is not the place to find His yoke. To be close to Jesus, it's not the place. We've got to get back to Bethlehem. We've got to get back to Jesus. You can't find peace, you can't find hope, and you can't find life that only God offers in Moab. You must come to the place God wants you to find those things. Naomi had run from God to seek her own desires, but when she came back to Bethlehem, God had already laid the plan out. I want you to look in chapter 2 at verse 1. As I began to read through chapter 1 of, of Ruth and I hit verse 1 of chapter 2, I thought, there it is. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. It doesn't take us long in the story to see that God already had a plan. God had already laid it out. And as soon as Naomi got back, God was ready to receive her. Just like the prodigal son. It's a beautiful Old Testament example of the prodigal son. When he came back, the father was ready to open his arms and embrace him and to bring him in to kill the fatted calf. He was ready to receive the son just like Bethlehem was ready to receive Naomi. We may not understand it at times. We may not see the bigger picture, but God has our plans laid out. It's not what Trey Emery wants. It's not what anybody wants, but it's what the Lord wants that's going to work out the best. Praise God, He's got a plan. And when He comes, when we come back to Him, He's ready to set it in motion. Seemingly, immediately. He's waiting on us to get back to Bethlehem. 
I want to look at verse 6 again. Not only did the Lord visit His people, but He gave them bread. Jesus, when He was here on this earth, declared, I am the bread of life. Guess where He came from? Little old Bethlehem. John 6, 35. Jesus makes this bold claim. And He says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. There's a hunger and there's a thirst that each of us have as God's created creatures, humans, mankind, fallen mankind, that we need the bread of life. And we're not going to find it over in Moab. We're not going to find it running from the ways of God, but we're going to find it when we come and we look at the man and the Savior and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. When we get to Him, we'll find the bread that we're looking for. There's no bread in Moab. The bread's in Bethlehem. Jesus also said those that hunger after righteousness, they'll find it. Jesus is ready to fill your life with purpose. He, he just wants you to get to Him. I want to talk just a moment about the bread from Bethlehem. When Naomi came back, God had laid out this plan and how that Boaz was going to redeem Naomi and Ruth. He was going to fix the situation. He was going to make right all the wrong that had happened there and He did it through this man called Boaz. And I believe in my mind that as much as this is a picture of Bethlehem and Moab and the way of the Lord and the way against the Lord... Boaz is this picture of Christ who comes in and he saves the day and he sets things right. A beautiful, beautiful picture of that. But 2,000 plus years ago, the bread of life came down from heaven as a humble infant boy born in Bethlehem for one purpose, to fill a hunger that could never be fed. Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, from the penalty of death, and to set us free from the bondage of sin. You see, what Moab did to Naomi and Ruth and Orpha, Jesus sets right. Jesus sets it right. And it doesn't matter where we come from. It may be Moab. It may be the world. It may be our own flesh and what we've done in the past that we have lingering over us. Guess what? It doesn't matter. When we get to Jesus, He's ready to set it right. <laughs> you know what, what I love here? Is tonight, we have the opportunity to meet the bread of life. We don't have to get a plane ticket over to Bethlehem. He's here. He's here. He's here with us. And, and he, He's calling to us tonight and He's saying, listen, if you want to never hunger and never thirst again spiritually, you come to Me and I'll make it right.
And if we're here tonight and we've been we've already been to Bethlehem, remember that's where Naomi started out. We've already had salvation, we understand that, but our life has taken us over to Moab. It's time to get back. It's time to get at Jesus' feet and learn of Him and take His yoke upon us so that we can live the life that He's got planned. It's almost like God paused that plan till they got back from Moab. He didn't send Boaz over. He didn't say, Boaz, you need to get over there to Moab and you need to come and drag uh, Naomi and Ruth back. No, He waited for Naomi and Ruth to get to Him. God gives us the choice. We've just got to choose Him and get to Him. So as we have a hymn of invitation tonight, I want to ask you, when's the last time you went back to Jesus? When you just fell at His feet and said, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I want to follow You. I want to do what You have for my life. I want You to lead in my life to put Your yoke upon me because it's easy, Lord. And I want You to lead into God. If you're here tonight and you struggle with that, go to Jesus. Because there is no bread in Moab.